Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 232, recorded July 18th, 2022, where John and Jason talk about the Microsoft Power Platform 2022 Release Wave 2 plan and go over the items specific to Power BI, including Query Scale Out, Dataset Authoring in the Power BI Service, and Power Query Diagram View in Power BI Desktop. Good morning, Jason. How are you now? John? I am tired right now. You're the tired? Jim has kicked my butt the last uh, two days. Okay. Uh, Jim who? <laughs> <laughs> well, one's name was Marilena and the other's name was Haley. And oh, okay. The, uh, the yesterday was a, a workout called Tornado where you switch stations every three minutes. And today was a workout called Inferno where you row until you die. So essentially, these are all named after uh, disasters of some sort, natural or otherwise. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stand later on today or lift my arms above my ears. So Excellent. Yeah, so I'm glad we're recording today because I can reach the record button right now. Not sure I'll be able to do that later on. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. All right, well, we should get to it then. That's definitely, we've got some good stuff to talk about. This, uh, it's been out for... Just a little bit. A couple you know, days, yeah. This this came out, I want to say it was over a week ago, but I'm lo- they're looking at the doc in docs.microsoft.com. The date on it shows 7.15, but I'm pretty sure it came out before then, because yeah, I think that was on Friday. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 15th was Friday, that's yeah. right. So, And John, today being the 18th, today yep. is my three-month anniversary at Microsoft. Woohoo! Woohoo! So it's going so far. Well, you're still there. So the, there's something going. I think that you know, there's there's any probational periods are probably expired by now. So oh, that's a that's a good sign. That. Uh, no, yeah. no. Okay. At, at some point, they may they may figure me out. But you know, that's, <laughs> they let's, haven't. Let's not encourage it, John. Let's not encourage it. My kids. They haven't figured to, it out yet. <laughs> yeah, my kids need grilled cheese sandwiches and stuff like that. So excellent. <clears throat> Although they're at camp right now, so you know. Okay. Whatever. Uh, they're covered off for another. Bit. How are things up in Canada today? Excellent. Excellent. We've had another lovely weekend. It's a little rainy this morning, but we need it. So I'm not complaining about that. Garden's yeah, doing Rogers well. Rogers hasn't uh, monkeyed with your world we, in a while. We've had, I was not affected by the massive outage because that is not my uh, home network provider here. It did affect my phone, but affect everyone's phone or anybody who was on the Rogers network. No, it's all fine. And uh, it's almost like it didn't happen. It certainly is. They haven't said much about it. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that is very interesting for those people out there who don't know, because honestly, here in the States, it did not make like the average person's news. Like, no, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, if you were watching national news, you may have seen it, but it was not something that was heavily highlighted. Although and I feel like it really should have been one of the two major network providers for yep. both wired and wireless service. I think that's and 911 service. Yeah, yeah. The whole nut. Yeah. Went dark for yep. 24 hours? No, it wasn't 24. It was uh, it was about 14 hours. It started about uh, 5 a.m., came back about starting at about 7 p.m. The, that night, and it was bad. It was re- very bad because one of the things that they the, these providers receive in a, as a condition of having the licensing, because we're, we're a little on the regulated side up here. Yeah, well, not well enough, <laughs> frankly. I mean, because in exchange for the license, 
they guarantee that they have separate networks for both the for the landline, for the wireless, and for 911 service. And they all went down as a result. What we're told, a rotor update that uh, that just took everything down. So they're obviously not on separate networks altogether. There is a single point of failure, I, I find. So I, yeah, that <laughs> sounds like somebody's gonna need to examine that one there, John. And it's a very interesting case study in you know how things are done and the scary thing for me is you know how a bad actor you know happily this sounds like it had no, nothing to do with bad actors yeah but how a bad actor could uh, could affect mm-hmm. a nation state it took things down i mean we uh, we tried to go out for dinner that night and we could not find a place that wouldn't just accept cash yeah which of course you know you have to get to the right machine to be able to get the cash you couldn't get gas the gas stations were only taking cash you know, I don't carry cash anymore. I don't know about you. I, I keep a, a very small stack yeah. in my safe here at the house, you know, because you just never know what's going to happen. And so uh, I do keep a, a small stash, I'll yeah. call it, here. Uh, you know, the gold bullion doesn't help as much because no. it's way too heavy to actually carry that's, around. Yeah. Doubloons the, the yeah. actually do work in those type <laughs> of situations, though. Doubloons and Krugerrands. Yeah, you're all good. So anyway, <laughs> speaking of Buried treasure, John. You like how? Oh, oh, we King have the segue here. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we have the Microsoft Power Platform 2022 Release Wave Two plan that has been, has come out. This is what I was trying to refer to before we got completely sitting tangential. With uh, that came out. Uh, you know, the date on this doc is seven fifteen. I believe yep. it came out a little bit before then, and they've just done a couple of updates to it. But in this doc, when you go to it, and the link that we're going to put in the show notes, and if mm-hmm. you just go and Google being for that, what you're going to find is the document that covers off everything for Power BI, Power Apps, Power Pages, Power Automate, Power Virtual Agent, Microsoft Dataverse, AI Builder, and then Governance and Administration and ISV Experiences. And then there's a separate section under here for Data Integration, John. So we're going to to touch into that a little tiny bit, the back end. Just we'll we'll glance through it together. But uh, something worthy of note. So the release plan did become available on the 12th. Just reading through the doc, it actually does highlight that. This became available on July 12th. So if you've been looking at this for a little under a week, then this is what we're talking about. And this does cover our semester starting in October. Right. So all of these things are a little bit further out. We're still covered uh, actively under the 2022 Release Wave 1 plan. So if you're wondering about something that's actively being developed and when is this going to release, you can go check that plan because anything that's be, that's going to hit between now and October 1 is still going to be listed in that other plan. Yeah. So. And this thing's, this thing's fairly high level. So it, it kind of talks about it's the big sticks, what the team's driving toward. We'll try and tease a little, you know, any kind of detail we can figure out out of it. But we, we certainly want to cover it off because it does give you some insight as to where the product's going over the next little while. Yeah. So once again, the, at the outset, we cover off uh, empowering every individual, every team and every organization. This this story, I don't believe, has changed very much. No. Some of the details around it, you know, empowering every team focuses more on Power BI being deeply embedded with, you know, ingrained within with Office, with Teams and Outlook, and all of those types of experiences. But for the most part, I don't believe that this section has dramatically nope. changed. Nope. Right? It's organized into premium and pro. 
now and it starts off with premium and it has been at least for the last wave that was the way yep. it was as well so let's go ahead and, and cover it off to start with let's cover off you know and premium has fewer things than pro this point which is nice because i believe if i remember correctly it hasn't always been that way we've been focused no. more on the premium experience in the past but a couple of things worthy of note you're going to see a public preview date and a general availability date Sometimes. and some things are listed without a general availability date yep. and some things have a green check mark next to them on the public preview meaning it's already been out there but what we're doing with this is we're saying when the general availability date is right okay cool so we should probably dig in Let's do it, John. Let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors first, and then we're going to go ahead and hear it. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to MarqueeInsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. All right. Well, the first one I find um, fairly intriguing, query scale out. And I haven't heard anything about this part of this document. It's slated for public preview in March of 2023, so we're a fair ways out. And it's described as being able to support high user concurrency workload for large-scale deployments of semantic models in Power BI Premium. And I'm not 100% sure exactly what that means, but I assume this means it's going to scale out the query aspect of this across multiple premium nodes for a data set. And I, I'm, just, I'm curious as to what workloads that this would, would come in. I'm sure that they exist out there. But I doubt this has anything to do with, you know, the back end. Whatever you're querying is still going to be a single point. I suspect, I guess if it's multiple users or well, if you, initiating if you queries. the feature details, yeah. here, John, I'm going to go ahead and do, it, do a quick readout to you. Yeah, uh, sure. Query scale out in Power BI Premium enables user queries to be load balanced across yeah. multiple data set read replicas in a pool of Power BI Premium Gen 2 nodes. Okay. This speeds up query responses, uh, response times for high user concurrency workloads. So again, this is a read function. So okay. So the know. query, I think, is what was throwing me there because I'm thinking query means power query, meaning refresh, and it's not what it means. It means reports querying the data set, doesn't it? Yes. That's exactly right. Okay. That, so this makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I mean, this, this could get this, really interesting. Yeah. This talks about read replicas across a pool of Power BI premium Gen 2 nodes. That's, so presumably, uh, yeah. So presumably you need multiple nodes right, for, for, to get this to work. So you mm -hmm. can basically allocate, I guess, a workspace to multiple capacities and have that, that query scale out for you. Let's read the bottom section here. Management of query scale out <laughs> in Power BI Premium is highly automated compared to other platforms such yeah. as Azure Analysis Services. Adding and removing read replicas is performed dynamically Based, based on, on usage. usage. So yeah. that to me says, hey, when you when when you have this feature enabled, yeah. it's gonna handle that scale out for you from a making sure from making sure that it's where it needs to be, because we're no longer dealing in dedicated capacities, right? Right. We're yes. in Gen 2. Therefore, if we need to add a read replica somewhere else, yep. it can be no. done. And what we're saying here, I believe is yeah. that that's going to be done in an automated fashion, I believe only because I just read the sentence too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is, uh, 
these are the future looking things where the work yep. is still being planned as to how exactly everything's coming together. So um, this is not something that I have direct knowledge of. I'm yeah. very excited by the idea of it because this it talks is cool. about that square up of, you know, making sure that we're speedy. And I like that. So, yeah. Cool. And uh, next one we've got is uh, data protection enhancements, highlighting centralized Power BI DLP policies. And the way I read this when I first got through this is essentially we're bringing those alerting sort of capability we have within Office to Power BI. So whenever certain rules are fired, some particular data is included or, or whatever trips the rule, people will be notified. Yeah. So this was hit public preview on April 30th this year mm -hmm. already. So this is talking to me about just making sure that, that between now and then, being December of 2022, when we're talking about going to general availability, that everything is shorn up, that everything is working exactly as planned, that we're implementing the rest of the, the last little bits that exist over in the Microsoft 365 world, or it's now called, I believe it's Microsoft Purview, is the yes. official name here, of all of the, the, the overarching right. service, right? And seeing what more we can pull in to be able to be released because I, you know, there's so much in purview. Purview is such a huge, it's a big huge bucket area uh, mm -hmm. across multiple things. Just like Microsoft 365 is a huge area. Just like Microsoft Power BI is a huge area. Just uh, like Power Microsoft, Platform. Yeah, yeah, Microsoft Purview is a very huge area. So the idea that we could implement everything by GA for this, I don't know if that's realistic, but. The things that we've committed to and the areas that they're focused on, they're sure enough to make sure that it's running as planned and as expected. So that's that's my expectation here. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. That takes us to the next one, which is a feature we're pretty familiar with already is hybrid tables. Uh, it's, al it's already in preview and uh, it's going to go GA in March of 2023. So that's a long testing period. I don't know if you've played with the feature. I have. It's pretty cool if you get all your ducks to line up. It's, it's pretty impressive. It gives you the ability to have real-time data, but by using a, an import data set, you get the best of both worlds with it. It's uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, I'm a big fan, obviously, and this is something that like is showing as general availability for March 2023. That's yep. uh, pretty far way out there, but you know this man. Some, some of the cool stuff under the hood here that this does is amazing. This falls directly in that land of clicky, clicky, draggy, draggy, droppy. It's one of Christians. And there are a lot of great things about my job, John. I tweeted about this last week. But getting to work with some of these amazing people on a regular basis that I had exposure to before, yep. but I didn't get to talk to. I, I worked with Kai Uncroft this past week a uh -huh. lot. Oh, yeah? That was awesome. Like just getting to spend some time and work through and the brain battles that he and I went back and forth. Like we went through some like good, like verbal sparring type of like all super friendly, super positive, but just why would I do this? Why would I do that? Like it was awesome. And so great. this team of people that are working on this hybrid table stuff, the brain pan depth is ridiculous. I hope they don't listen to the show because I don't need to boost their ego anymore. Yeah. But man, I was going to say, should I go offer condolences folks. to Kai? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you should. But man, it was uh, it, working with that team is is a lot of fun and it's really really interesting stuff. But the, the things that they're doing 
It's it, some of it defies physics at times. Really <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to. Uh, next item on our list: a log analytics for analysis services engine events. Also, something that we currently have in private or public preview, uh, and that's basically being able to take the log, the, the, the same sort of log events that would come out of analysis services, and have them stored in application insights. Is it's application insights or log analytics? It's log analytics, it's log right? Analytics. Yeah, log analytics. Sorry, and uh, that's slated for general availability in March 2023. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, this this brings to bear the bring your own data lake functionality, correct? Not cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's basically, it's bring your own now log analytics. You're going to need a data lake if you want to persist that data any more than two years, that's for yeah. sure. But it's going into log analytics. From log analytics, you can have that stream out wherever you like. So yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, John, that's all of the, the, the premium stuff that's listed for right now. Something to be aware of, these are living documents, folks. So yep. they, these things do get updated. And now, if you didn't listen to the show last week, it's worthy of note. There is now a section, in the. Uh, it's in the other section of the monthly blog post, where things are getting updated in this, you know, in this document and other roadmap documents. When we make updates, it's some of them are going to start getting highlighted, hopefully more than not are getting highlighted over in the uh, in the blog under the other section. So definitely, we're going to be highlighting those things at the end of every monthly drop show. So definitely listen all the way to the end. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so that takes us into the world of Power BI Pro, which is kind of like the, the service for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, no, kind of, yeah. The first item in here is interesting. I hadn't heard of this one before either. Use an SDK to enable quick creation for third parties. Mm -hmm. And that means I'm going to be able to embed capabilities into an application that's going to say, do a quick create Power BI report for my data. So I presumably would fire my data at it and it, it would go off and do like you can do today with SharePoint and like you can do today with um, basic uh, Excel uh, stuff. It would go and create a tape or a, uh, a small data set for you that it basically believes would be useful and allows some light model editing to it. Now it's interesting in the context of, well, what's coming up, frankly, and what, we're, uh, what we've seen in the DataMart preview, Will it allow a little more comprehensive data set editing than what you just get with what we see of that quick create experience for SharePoint today, which I would think I'd need as an, as an ISV who wanted to embed this? Because this is very interesting for me, given what we do. We currently distribute our Power BI reports via the App Store, and you basically have to go pull them. If I could push this out, this could be very interesting for me. So I, I want to know, know more about it. Obviously, we don't have a ton of details about it. So I want to read the last line here. Yeah. Okay. And this is of the feature detail section. Before yep. in the feature detail section, I'm just going to summarize, but I want to read the last section here. Mm -hmm. Just to summarize it, what it's talking about is it's enabling third parties to add similar experiences to what they brought to Dynamics and SharePoint lists, right? right. So exactly what you just said. But now with an SDK, we're going to be able to give the experience for application owners to export a table of data to pow the Power BI experience and then leverage this quick create experience. Yeah. And what it says is within the quick create experience, once you've got that table of data, once you've enabled the SDK and you've sent the data to Power BI, users are going to be able to explore, to customize the report, and then save it to Power BI. 
That's an important distinction. Exactly. So because you're saving that back to Power BI, that model has to exist somewhere. It doesn't exist in your custom third-party application, so it's got to come across somewhere. Now, is it going to come across the same way that it does in the SharePoint world where it's in a hidden data set that you don't know where it is, you can't access, and trying to go and delete is kind of a pain? We have to sort of do it through PowerShell. Or is this going to be something that now shows up as a full-fledged asset in yeah. Power BI, and it are you going like to it. define where that data set's going to live alongside the report, et cetera, yeah. with just giving the quick create experience of, hey, I'm going to show this to you in your application, but it's going to show up back-ended over in Power BI, and now you can leverage Power BI embedded in your third-party application to be able to visualize yeah. these things going forward. That's the way it sounds to me, John. Now, again, no yeah. first-hand no first yeah. first knowledge on this one, but that's the way, as I'm reading this, that it sounds to me. Yeah, to, one big question I have is, will you be able to, well, two two questions. Will you be able to download the, uh, the, the report that's around the quick-created item? And I suspect yes, given what's coming up. And the other question is, as an ISV, could I supply my own model as opposed to having one automatically generated? I think that could get interesting. Too. I suspect not, but that's just me suspecting. Uh, but aren't there other ways you can already do that, John? Yeah, through the template app, but that's a pull versus a kind of a push. It, it more of a, uh, it's an outside of the product experience versus a press a button and have this happen for you. Hmm. So it that, could that be feels like an ideas.powerbi.com entry to me, John. You keep, you keep saying that. I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm really impressed with how many of those things that are get paid oh, yeah. attention to. That's true. So. It's true. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, and and I don't know about you. Do do you get a chance to watch the live stream on Saturday mornings with the guy? I you keep almost folks? never do. I my Saturday morning, unfortunately, is dedicated elsewhere. But uh, I respect yeah, that. I, However, I've, I've been I've on it a few times, but that's yeah, about it. Th this yeah. weekend, one of the, one of the one of the fun conversations that was happening. Was somebody asked the question as a PM in uh, you know who owns features at Microsoft? Do you listen more to ideas.powerbi.com or to the thing you want to go do? <laughs> and, like there, there was a fun discussion around that. It was kind of interesting to hear. And Matthew Roche happened to have been on because he had been a feature PM at one point. Right. And he was on the Power BI Cat team. So right. uh, you know he's one of the moderators alongside myself, Alex Powers, and a bunch of other folks, and Chatmaster C on on the Saturday morning stream whenever I. I'm able to join. I happen to have been able to this week, but it was very fun to go and listen to and read the comments. So I'm not going to spoil it. If you want to go take a look at the, uh, I think it was the 716 live stream on Saturday morning, worthy of, of a watch. If you don't watch the live stream, they go off at 9.30 a.m. Central Time, most Saturdays, worthy of watching out for Guy in a Cube's YouTube channel live stream. So Absolutely. that one was worth uh, paying attention to. That's why, and, and part of why I keep saying, yeah, ideas.powerbi.com, as much as I still dislike the site, and the functionality <laughs> therein uh, that that has not yeah. changed. I still think it's a it's a pile of poo. I do <laughs> like the fact that we're able to hear from our users. Yes, yeah, absolutely right. All right, let's keep going. Yep, we got to move. <laughs> this episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com.
All right. So the next item is the replace get data experience in the Power BI service. That is something that has been, let's just say, a long time coming. I mean, we, this is something we cover off at our, our, our tutorial um, to get started. So we're going to have to rework that a little bit, I guess. That's the, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically, it was, it's been there since 20, 2015. And it's where you go get data and you can basically go and pull data from a CSV file or an Excel file that happens to be stored in SharePoint. That's kind of, well, it can be stored locally, but you wouldn't do it. There's a bunch of blocks that tell you how to go and get Power BI desktop apart from that. And that's about it. Am I, am I uh, too far off here? You're right. It's, uh, it's, it's all of the get data experience though, is what this is talking about, right? Yeah. It's not just from those. But you know, this is changing the entry point for get data to better fit within the overall Power BI create experience. Yeah, um, I have to recuse myself at this point, John. You might know more than you're allowed to say, so that's fine. I'll this, uh, this, this I'll, one. I, I'm not going to pontificate because this one, as I have said uh, numerous times, I this is an area that I get to own the feedback for okay. from our team going back into the product team, back into the engineering team. We are the product team. I keep doing that. Uh, so this is one that. Uh, I'll say this is part of why I pushed to take ownership of this particular area. Very nice. Uh, this is cool. Well, I'm not going to try to correct you on anything in this case. <laughs> but it's good. Uh, and, and, and it's again, it's driving us towards, I, I think it's driving us to more of that, uh, the data focus versus the report all in focus that, uh, that the service is doing, including the next item. And this is big big news if you ask me. I mean, everyone who's been asking for Power BI desktop on the map, Mac, and the answer was always, we're not going to build that. We want to bring more features to the service. And we saw data marts come out this spring, and we saw a little bit of this capability. Oh, look, I can edit a data set right here in the service. And they're, what this is telling me is they're bringing the ability to edit a data set to the service outside of the data mart capability. Am I, am I reading this correctly? Yeah, you're reading it exactly right. I mean, some examples yeah. of operations that are enabled include the ability to add new measures or columns to an existing data set, edit format strings, and edit the RLS of the model. The eventual goal is to get to complete desktop parity in the web. So, yeah. So basically the, the relationship view is what I'm seeing. The basically the capability of the relationship view in desktop is what's coming to the web with maybe a couple other uh, pluses. Is that about right? Uh, yeah. So the model view interface found inside Power yeah. BI desktop is, you know, what the, what the feature detail says is now Power BI allows users to navigate a data set and edit the data set using the model view interface found inside Power BI desktop. This will cool. allow users to work collaboratively uh, excuse me, work and collaborate simultaneously on the same data set. In 2022, wave re release wave two will allow users to take an existing data set and modify it, including measures, real-level security, format strings, and relationships. These are the big things that we do in that yep. view. So yep. to me, this is huge. It's huge. There are a couple things that enable this functionality, right? That the data set hub is one of them. The one just before this, if you notice their release dates are a month apart, the get data experience, you know, changing up is going to be yep. a lead into this one. So, like, lots of big changes happening here towards the end of the year. December um, in December 2022 for public preview is what it's saying. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and these are related. I mean, yeah. The next one is related to improvements to download Power BI for large models. So, okay, I can create a data set in the service. I can create a report on that data set. But if I want to download that and do more stuff in desktop. 
I've had a problem if I've if I've set my uh, if I've set my uh, or my uh, workspace to support the large data set. I'm, you can't download a PBIX. That mm-hmm. looks like I'm looks like I'm going to be able to. So I'm going to be a whole lot co- more comfortable editing in the service if I know I can download uh, content offline for storage and whatever whatever I want. Well, but beyond that, John, today you can only download a PBIX, right? That's right. That's, that's right. That's one of the things that this is specifically calling out is yeah. this is saying, hey, we recognize that you may just want a PBIT file. Maybe you right. don't want the whole PBIX. That's Maybe the, you that's the ability beautiful. just to da- like leave the data behind, just, just download the structure, right? And, or, or, and keep that intact. That's what this or, is calling out. And also a live connected data yeah. set here as well, yep. which we've never had the ability to Not- not in that, not in that way. No, absolutely. It's, so these three things combined, it's like it's giving us a lot of flexibility around mm-hmm. working with all of the other features that we don't have for the period of time that uh, it takes the service to come out and build them. Yeah. So, and people who are just comfortable with desktop will be able to. Now, you're going to have to, as as this happens, we're not sure where edits are being made. I say, I have a PBIX. I publish it to the service. I edit the report in the service. What happens to that PBIX? So now someone else comes along, takes that same PBIX, publishes it to the service. This is a problem we had with reporting services years and years ago. Are we editing in the service? Are we editing in the in the in the design client? We're gonna want ideally we'd want controls to say we can only do it from here, we can only do it from here, or we want to advise people that it's changed since whatever. So we, I, I hope some thought gets given to that too. I hope so too, John. It's not something <laughs> I'm I'm looking at myself. So you know. Yeah. So the next one is yeah. You know, so if, if <laughs> uh, it's interesting, my, my dear friend and colleague Alex Powers. This is his absolute favorite. He is known for the the mantra, and he shouts it regularly. Just it's every time I hear him say it, I see him waving a giant flag at the same time, <laughs> you know, Les Mis style at the top of a barricade. You know, power query everything. Like, like it's it's really beautiful. This is power query diagram view in Power BI Desktop. <gasps> yeah. So it's not just all going to the web. We've nope. got some stuff in the web in the service that we haven't had in desktop, and we're bringing it there. We want parity. We want not. I don't say it's not parity. It's parity. Yes. <laughs> just to be a hundred percent clear. <laughs> but yeah, we want we, we want parity between the two. So we'll be able to have that lovely um, power query diagram view within the desktop as well. That's and, that's the idea. And, and that's this not a little bit of a ways yeah. away. This is yeah. March of twenty twenty three. But the fact that it's being committed to. Yes, and the fact that desktop is still getting plenty of love means that it is a first class. Well, I don't see that going away. I just, I just want to see you know choices. Choices are always good. I agree with you, and I really like the diagram view in Power Query Online. This it's is, pretty cool. This is snazzy. It's really cool. It just, uh, it's not in enough spaces. That's my problem with it. It's not, it's not in enough spaces. So I'm excited. Desktop, like desktop, is where I live. I, I'm a, I'm a desktop resident, and you know so. That may change over time, just like I was a power pivot guy forever. Like, I'm not moving, I'm not moving out of Excel into Power BI desktop. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Now I'm going to stay in desktop. I'm not going to the web, but guess what? I probably ended up doing that. Yeah, you're probably. I still have it when it comes to Outlook on the web, but every once in a while I go there to check it out. The only thing keeping me from Outlook. On the web is a single account per window. I want I want to be able to have multiple accounts there. But that's the only thing keeping me away from. It. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We got a couple more here. Mobile visual formatting, John. 
Yeah, and I'm not. So I don't know if you know more uh, more about this. It reads to me like I'm now going to. I, I don't know if I'll be able to create visuals specifically for mobiles, but I can. I'll be able to format visuals specifically for mobile at the very least. I'd love to be able to because right now you know the mobile the mobile version of a report is tied to the desktop version of the report. Basically, you build the desktop and kind of mobile's an afterthought. It says, okay, what visuals do you want in your mobile view? And then we can do some customization of that. But it's always, you know, desktop first. I'd love to see a, a like a mobile report designer against the data centers just for mobile. They don't tie the two together anymore. So I don't know if this is getting us closer to that or not, but we'll certainly be able to, instead of having to accept whatever filters, et cetera, we had for the desktop, on and on the mobile uh, instance of it, you'll be able to specify those parameters for the uh, for the mobile visuals at the very least. That's from the way I read it. You, any 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 correcting uh, on that? No. Not for me. This All is, right. Yeah, it's in public preview already, so I, I suspect that's what it is because that's my understanding of what, what what's sitting today. But it's going to be GA October 2022. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, the next one here and the last one in the in the Power BI Pro section is yep. create reports on data sets with multiple tables. Yeah, so if you've used the Quick Create feature, you'll know that you can only use it against, say, if you've got a spreadsheet with multiple tabs, that's not going to fly. It needs a single table. It works fine against a SharePoint list because it, by definition, is a single, well, we'll call it a table. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you get the general idea. But you can't have multiple, and you're going to be able to. That's really it. It's in public preview today from this document and it will be GA in February of 2023. Well, I think the feature of Quick Create is in public preview. Right. I don't think that multiple yeah. tables. The multiple tables is, yeah, that's, I guess that's what that means. Yeah, that, yeah. That's why like, I didn't, you can't list a public I wasn't aware for, yeah, for a right. feature that's already released. Like that's why it's, it's listed. Or for way, a feature so. of a feature that's already in public preview. Yeah, right? th yeah, this yeah, is an enhancement. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Cool, well that takes us to the end of this section. Yes, and then we have the data integrations section, which, you know what, John? Uh, mm -hmm. Just looking at it, there's a whole lot here. There's a bunch of Power Query and data flows. Maybe we need to save that for another section or for, I think for, that might, for another conversation. I think that might be worth doing because there's some stuff in here I really, really, really am interested in. Yeah, so why don't we round back on a future date and we'll dig into that. Like, this stuff isn't going away. This stuff isn't happening anytime soon. So we, we'll slip this back in as a future episode on maybe a week where it's a little bit quieter. Although I don't know how many of those we're going to have coming up for a while. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, that's, that, that's fine. That takes us to the end of today. Yeah, last little bit, couple of shows that we're going to be at. We're going to be in Dallas coming up. I'm trying to remember the exact date, John. I think that's August 8th. Yeah. That week, August 8th to the 12th. So we have that show happening. And then uh, is the next one the Power Platform Conference? It is on? in Orlando. That's yeah, correct. So in Orlando, September 18th to the 23rd, we're doing a pre-con there on the 19th, I believe it is. 365 Educons, the week after that in Chicago, I believe. Yes. Well, the Power Platform Conference, John, there's a whole lot of folks from my team that are going to be showing oh, up I, in Orlando. Yes. And 365 Educon and Power Educon in Chicago is that following week. And then we'll see what happens after that, John. You know, we got other stuff on the horizon, but nothing that we can really talk about yet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely worth keeping an eye on, folks. There's a lot of events. Things are starting to come back in person. So things are starting to show up online as well. There are definitely those out there as well. But uh, with that said, buddy, let's go ahead and wrap it up. 
and we'll come back to uh, to to the recent release wave two for 2022 at a future time and talk about all the cool data integration stuff. Sounds good, man. But for now, have a good one. Yeah, take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 